How can we be rich? Is it okay to be rich? Does God want me to be rich? Am I the kind of person who could be rich? What would my friends say if I was rich? Can I be just a little rich? How much money would it take to make me rich? How can we be rich? So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Think Rich Radio. It's great to have you with me. Hope you're doing fantastic wherever you are. If you're driving your car or maybe you're at home on your computer or who knows where you are. Maybe you're even at your job listening when you should be working. But wherever you are, it's great to have you. I want to send a big old thank you out to all of you who have expressed your excitement about the podcast, given me some some great feedback, some congratulations. Uh, the feedback so far has been fantastic, just really amazing. And thank you to all of you who have sent me some loving emails and various messages in various forms. I want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or really whichever platform you're using. All of them help, uh, but especially on iTunes, it really helps our ratings and it It's just super, super helpful. So if you like the show and you plan to keep listening, please subscribe on iTunes because it helps me and then maybe put a review in there. And that would just be really kind of you. And I would appreciate it very much. Today, I want to talk about how we can be rich. And it's kind of like a five-step outline of some of the key ingredients that it takes to start to adopt a rich mindset and to start thinking like the financially wealthy Of course, as we've talked about so many times before, we didn't grow up learning this stuff. They didn't teach us this stuff in school. Most of us, our parents did not teach us because they didn't know because their parents didn't know. And so there really is a huge percentage of the population that really has no idea that there's a small fraction of the population that thinks totally different. And so we have the vast majority of the population wondering why they don't have all the money and the people who do have all the money, they're thinking totally different. So today I want to go through five things that separate those who have from those who have not as it relates to being wealthy. I've pulled out five areas that I want to focus on today. This is going to kind of set the stage for some of the upcoming episodes that I want to focus in on as it relates to learning to think rich and learning to think differently. Uh, Probably not a surprise to you. The first one that I've pulled out is mindset. Mindset is the number one thing as I look at all the people around me that have made lots and lots of money and found a way to keep it. Mindset far and away is the number one thing that separates people who have a lot of money. We'll call them the top one or two percent from the rest of the world. Mindset is the key. Whenever we talk about mindset, we could just as easily talk about belief because the two go hand in hand together, but there's a slight distinction to this degree. When we think about belief, it's about the uh, the intention and the positive expectation that something is going to happen. When we talk about mindset, it's the way we approach the circumstance. It's the expectation more on a holistic level. So they're very close, very similar, but mindset is really a way of living. 
Belief is maybe more into something specific. As a uh, example here, just a few years ago, the Seattle Seahawks won the NFL Super Bowl. And I remember watching a interview with the quarterback, Russell Wilson, after the Super Bowl. I forget exactly when it was, but he was talking about the locker room and how the the team had come together over the course of the year. And he said there was a defining moment when some of the team members were really questioning if they had the ability to compete at that level. And Russell Wilson got up and he said to his teammates, he said, why not us? Why not us? Everybody else can do this. Everybody else seems to have the open door. Why not us? And he said there was that moment where the team started to rally around this belief and this mindset of we have just as much opportunity as anybody else. And it truly was a shift in the mindset. And sure enough, it carried them all the way through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. That's a perfect example of mindset. As a contrast to the Super Bowl-winning Seattle Seahawks, I thought I'd offer up a story from my own child, who happens to be seven years old at this time. And like many seven-year-olds, he has the maturity of a seven-year-old. Consequently, he tends to blow a few things out of proportion. Well, lately, he's not been happy with his deal-making. He feels like he's gotten the short end of the deal with some baseball card trades and some Lego trades and other things that he's been involved with. And he tends to throw seven-year-old tantrums saying, I just make bad deals. So I'm setting this up so you understand that for a few weeks now, it's been going on for maybe a couple of months, he's been saying over and over, I make bad deals. And then consequently, bad deals do start to show up in his life. So about a week and a half ago, we were playing Monopoly because that's something my kids like to do, and I like to beat them at Monopoly. And so as we started the game, this particular child says to me, Dad, I'm going to beat you. And I said, there's no way you're going to beat me. You can't beat me. He says, I'm going to beat you. And I said, you can't beat me because money flows easily and effortlessly to me. Now, I started saying that the entire game, and it really upset him that I would say money flows easily and effortlessly to me. And sure enough, money continued to flow easily and effortlessly to me. Well, as the game went on, he landed on Boardwalk. As you know, if you've ever played Monopoly, Boardwalk's the most expensive piece of property. And so normally, he likes to buy Boardwalk, and I knew he liked to buy it, and he already had Park Place, so it would have given him a Monopoly. All he had to do was pay $400 for it. Problem is, he decided he was going to let it be auctioned off. And so the property went to auction, and I started the bidding at $300, and then he raised it to $325, and then I raised it to $400, which was the actual price of the property. Well, now here... He's in a circumstance where if he wants the property, he has to pay more than he could have if he had just not auctioned the property off. What's the point? The point is he had a breakdown and he went into this whole story of, I make bad deals. And I just kept saying to him, no, you don't make bad deals. You just keep saying you make bad deals. And consequently, you're making bad deals. I use this story about my son because, number one, as an adult listening to this story, you can laugh and you can probably see the ridiculous nature of how a seven-year-old is thinking about this deal-making. At the same time, if we can dissociate a little bit from ourselves, we realize that we do the exact same thing. We say stuff such as, I make bad deals, such as, money is really hard, 
such as, I don't have any money. And those are all little mantras that we say over and over, both consciously and subconsciously. And guess what? It becomes our reality. Mindset really is the difference that makes the difference. Wealthy people don't talk like that. Wealthy people don't think about how much money they don't have. On the contrary, they think about how much money is coming to them. They think about things like money flows easily and effortlessly to me. They think in terms of positive expectation because they believe in their core that the money is going to come. Consequently, the money comes. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about mindset. This is really the number one outcome of this podcast. But right now, kind of at the beginning, if you've been listening to maybe some of the first few episodes, I just want to start planting these seeds. How you think will determine everything in your life. Your mindset will determine everything in your life. If you want to have a lot of money, you've got to start changing the way your mindset approaches money. That's the first tip. The second tip I want to share about how we can become rich is this. We have to become money smart. We have to get money smart. What do I mean by get money smart? And what does that look like? Well, money kind of has a soul of its own. In fact, there's a book out called The Soul of Money. Money in and of itself is not good. It's not bad. It just is. It's just a thing. It's just a tool. But our relationship with money is something that's a reflection of deeper issues. So, for example, if you grew up in a very religious background that might have taught you that money is the root of all evil, then you're going to have a different relationship with money than somebody who grew up in a background where maybe they were working on a mission field and the people who donated to them were the ones who helped keep their good work going. You see the difference of association? One group of people is going to think that if they have money that they are evil, the other group of people is going to recognize that money can be used for good. The money itself is irrelevant. It's all about our relationship with the money. And so when we get money smart, we have to start thinking like money. We're going to talk more about this as well in some of the upcoming episodes. But, you know, here we are in 2019 when I'm recording this. We deal with what we call fiat currency. Fiat currency is not gold, folks. Despite what your grandparents might have taught you, despite what Dave Ramsey might say on the radio, cold hard cash does not necessarily mean it's actually worth anything. Sticking your money under the mattress is not necessarily a good idea because it actually loses value because it's fiat currency. That's what I mean by getting money smart. The way that debt works, the way that interest works, the way that our fiat currency system works, these are all things that are related to money and how the money works, and ultimately, it's how our relationship with the money works. Because if we want to have a wealthy mindset, we have to understand, number one, what the tool of money is, and number two, how do we operate the tool of money. And so there's really a lot that goes into getting money smart. But in this short episode, if I were to just say it this way, one of the important things that you have to cultivate if you want to be rich is to get smart about money. Start to think like your money thinks.
Number three, if we want to have a lot of money, if we want to get rich, then we have to have a lot of income. Now, under the traditional model, if we were to follow the ways and means that we were taught in school, the way you get a lot of income is you have a very high-paying job. So doctors and lawyers and some high-paid professions, actors, sports stars, yeah, it's pretty easy for them to have lots of income because they have a very high-paying job. But what about the rest of the world? And more importantly, how do wealthy people think about it? Well, wealthy people do not think about their income related to their job. Rather, they think about their income related to how many sources of income they have and how diversified those sources are. Let's say a person is earning $10,000 a month and that's their monthly income. For most people, that represents a job. But I would rather have 10 businesses that are giving me $1,000 a month profit. If I had 10 businesses that are giving me $1,000 a month profit, what's the worst that could happen? One or two of them takes a hit, and I still have seven or eight, $9,000 a month profit. I can work with that. I'm not going to go under. But if you have one job that's paying you $10,000 a month and you lose the job, guess what happens? It's over. Game over. Your financial world comes crumbling down until you go get another job. More importantly, what if you want to go on a vacation? What if you want to leave town for a while? What if you want to be gone for, say, six months at a time? It would be better to have not just the diversified income, but to have the income that's paying you even if you're not showing up to work. Why? Because that's called passive income, and it gives me a standard of living. It gives me a freedom that having a job to go to every day does not give you. Earned income is very easy for us to understand because it's a reflection of what we learned in school. We learned in school, if you work hard, then you get rewarded for that. And then we just grew up and we went to college and we got trained to do a profession. We got trained to do a job and then we go work really hard and we get paid for that. Some of the most wealthy people I know are some of the laziest people that I know. Why is that? Because they learned the secret. (laughs) And the secret is not work harder so you can make more. The secret is not work harder so that you can keep the job security that you have. The secret is to diversify your income and design income sources that will pay you even if you don't show up to work. Now, that could look like rental income from your real estate. It could look like businesses. It could look like all sorts of different things. But the key is to develop as much passive and residual income as possible, as quickly as possible. And that's a totally different way of thinking. fourth tip if we want to grow wealth, if we want to learn how to be rich, is this right here. Wealthy people are constantly expanding their knowledge. Constantly expanding knowledge. They're growing. Growing with their knowledge. A few years ago, whenever I started going down this path, somebody gave me the tip that I should attend at least two or three seminars a year. Just make it a habit. Make it something you build in. You you plan on it. And so I have, and for many years now, probably 15 years or more, I've gone to a minimum of two improvement seminars a year. Sometimes it's mindset, sometimes it's a skill that I'm learning, but I'm constantly learning, constantly growing, and consequently, I've learned all sorts of stuff. One of the seminars I went to a couple of years ago was a a workshop on speed reading, so I could actually read books faster, and I could get through the content, and within a relatively short period of time... I could take a book that I'd never looked at and I could outline the book and I could have my notes on it and I would know it so well that I could actually teach it. And so I I took two or three days of my life and I went to this conference, this hotel room where we met, and I learned how to do that process. And now I can take any book, a book I've never read, a subject I know nothing about, 
And in a matter of about five or six hours, I can sit down and not just read the book, but I could actually have an outline of the book, turn around and teach it to somebody. Well, whenever you learn to assimilate information that quickly, guess what? Your world expands. There's new opportunities constantly coming because you're taking in new information. Wealthy people are constantly expanding their horizon because they're constantly expanding their knowledge base. They're looking for new things. They're not looking to do the same thing great over and over. They're looking to see what else is out there, what else is new. If you want to be wealthy, you've got to cultivate the habit of seeking new knowledge, expanding your knowledge base. And you need to do it in multiple areas, multiple disciplines. You don't want to have multiple PhDs in the same subject. That doesn't make any sense. You just become a guru expert in one thing. And if that one thing doesn't happen to be the one thing that's going to pay you $100 million a year, then guess what? You became a PhD in something that's not going to pay you $100 million a year. But if you want to learn to earn real money, you've got to learn to expand your knowledge base. And you're going to expand into all sorts of fields. That is a very important skill set and an important mindset that wealthy people have adopted. And number five, if we want to learn how to be rich, I personally believe we have to cultivate an attitude of sharing with others. This podcast is part of that for me, for my life. Uh, Most of what I do is actually centered around contributing and sharing with others. Even though I monetize a lot of it, even though a lot of it is built around business, the truth is, I'm doing it because I'm sharing with others. I'm contributing to others' lives. And I stumbled into this about 12 years ago when I started teaching. What I did not realize up until that time is how empowering it is to share with others. People often say, Jeremy, why do you do this? Why would you share all this information if you make money? Why would you want to give away all your secrets? And the answer is this, because there's nothing that's more rewarding than sharing with others. Wealthy people know that. I'll tell you the story of Caroline. Caroline lives up in the Northwest and been married to her husband for 24, maybe 28 years. I think three kids, if I recall. At least one of them's out of the house. I think there's a grandchild involved. And Caroline and her husband, while they love each other, they love their family, they've worked their entire life. Never have ever had the opportunity to take a vacation. Caroline came into our trading courses that we offer, and she started learning how to trade the stock market. And so she'd been with us for maybe six or seven months, and I got an email one day, said, I just want to let you know, I'm not going to be in class for the next two weeks. Because for the first time in 24, 26 years, however many years it was, my husband and I are taking a vacation, we're taking the entire family, we're going to the Winter Olympics with the money that we made based on what you taught us. Now, until you get an email like that, you don't know what it means to contribute to someone's life in a purposeful and meaningful way. And fortunately for me, I've had the amazing privilege of having hundreds of those emails. That's why I do it. I do it because of the people's lives that we get to touch, the people's lives we get to impact. But I want to challenge you, as you start thinking about how do you grow wealth Early on, decide that you're going to share with others. Not your money specifically, although I do think you should share your money. Share your knowledge. Share you. Share the authentic you. Everybody that I know who has a lot of money is an authentic individual who shares of themselves. 
Now, in pop culture and the news and the media, they make rich people out to be these greedy schmucks that are out there, you know, ruining people's lives. And and there's some of those people out there. I've met one or two. I've not met a lot of them, but I've met a couple of them. But the vast majority of the wealthiest individuals that I know, and I've had the great privilege of being in the room with a lot of money. I mean, at least a couple of billionaires that I can tell you for sure that I've met, and a few that I probably didn't know were worth a billion dollars. But everyone that I have met, with just a couple of exceptions, they're the most generous, warm, authentic individuals you will ever meet. Rather than looking down at you, they look to see what you've got to offer. Rather than judging somebody for their lower stature, they uh, they build them up. These are the people that I know. This is my experience with really wealthy individuals. And I want to encourage you, as you are on your journey, adopt it early on. Decide that you're going to be generous. Decide that you're going to share with others both of your money, of your time, of your wisdom, of your knowledge, of your experience. And decide now that you're going to contribute at a very high level to as many people as you possibly can. That's what it really means to be rich. Rich is not about money. Rich is about what you can do to leave your mark on this world. And the more you contribute, the more you're helping others, the more you help others, the more you're leaving a lasting mark. That's what wealth is all about. That's what it means to think rich. Hey, everybody, would you like to experience seven breakthroughs that changed my life? If you would, I've put them together for you in a series of videos, and it's available on my website at jeremywhaley.com, jeremywhaley.com. And all you need to do is put your email in there, and I will send you these seven videos about breakthroughs, seven breakthroughs that have changed my life. I think they'll change your life as well. So go check it out over at jeremywhaley.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can get every episode directly in your iPhone or whatever listening device it is that you are using. Thanks again for being here and I'll see you next time.